Just a quick reminder, if you've been trying links that I've mentioned on any of these recent episodes of the show and they don't work, technology changes and some of the things we offer change. So what we've decided to do is put everything that's current over at photobizhelp.com forward slash links. And anything that isn't current probably won't work. So if you're having trouble with a link that doesn't work, that's probably why. Head on over to photobizhelp.com forward slash links. Or if you're following along at photobizhelp on Instagram, it's the link in the bio. Something that has worked super well for me over the last decade-ish is connecting with others in the industry and just being a nice person. They call it networking, but networking sounds a little cold to me because I've genuinely just built a lot of friendships in the industry with other photographers and, you know, wedding vendors and whatnot. And this is still true today that I would say half of my income, if not more, comes from other photographers. This is the Photo Business Help Podcast, a resource for photographers of all levels from brand new to burnt out who believe that business growth starts with personal growth. I'm your host, Natalie Jennings. I created Jennings Photo back in 2010 and have been happily full-time since, but not without some mistakes along the way. Those lessons, plus what's really helped me thrive financially and personally are what I want to share with you so you can grow with your photo business too. You'll also hear stories from other photographers and industry folks, as well as my favorite ways to be more mindful and happier on this journey. Today's phototherapy is a special one. Audrey and I are welcoming Anami Tonkin. You may have heard Anami on her podcast, This Can't Be That Hard, or checked out some of her amazing courses, some of them to do with the PickTime app that she created simple sales system. But we thought we'd do something fun and bring someone in to the phototherapy session this time and see what they have to say as well. We've noticed a lot of excitement and great numbers around these phototherapy episodes. So we wanted to try something fun and new. And yes, I am recovering from a little bit of a cold. So I'm sure you can hear that in my voice if you're wondering why I sound a bit like a frog. But that didn't stop us from having a great conversation. And the question that we decided to tackle today is one that all three of us have received as mentors, probably more than any other question ever, which is, how do I get more clients? This is a juicy conversation with a whole bunch of tips and tricks around that very question. So grab a notebook, grab a cup of coffee, and dig into this one because you're not going to want to miss it. But first, here's a few notes from folks that support this show. You've heard me talk about PickTime before, but don't skip past this. This is big news from PickTime. It's a game changer. I am so excited about this. This is going to change my business for sure. PickTime is now offering blogs. Yeah, blogs. What does that mean? You can go directly to your gallery. So let's say you have a beautiful mini session gallery that you've already shared with your clients that's already connected to your awesome store where they can buy stuff. And you can just, with like the click of two buttons, make all of those photos in that gallery into a beautiful blog post. Not only that, you can get a link to that blog post, which takes people to pick time, or this is my favorite part, you can get an embed code. You can literally create this in seconds 
and embed it on your own website so that you can get the SEO traffic if you want to. But if you wanted to just make a quick blog post for, say, a wedding client to look through or a really easy way to tell a story, there's so many cool features with this. It is the newest product from PickTime, and it is going to change the game. You don't need to upload images twice. This is optimized for SEO. There's tons of customizable color palettes, font collections, photo grids, and multiple layouts. So if you want your blog to look a certain way, you can do that. There's slideshows. You can allow videos or GIFs, all that stuff. You can embed directly into the blog post. It's amazing. This feature is coming soon in February. As of this recording, which is February 2nd, it should be well on its way. If you are not a paid member of PickTime and you would like to take part in this when all of this launches in the next few days, go to PickTime and when you upgrade to a paid plan, use the code PHOTOBIZHELP, that's PHOTOBIZHELP, to get one month free. So this is like the best thing ever. You can try it for a month, keep paying if you want to, and that's it. It's a great deal. I swear this is going to change everything and it's going to save people so much time. So head over to PickTime and when you upgrade to a paid plan, use the code PHOTOBIZHELP for one month free and enjoy this new blog feature. So if you're like most photographers, you probably didn't go into business for paperwork. Does the chaos of invoices, emails, to-dos make you a little crazy? Well, that is where 17 Hats comes in. Their all-in-one, mobile-friendly platform organizes your entire business. 17 Hats handles things like time-sucking tasks, payment reminders, capturing leads, and scheduling your meetings. With 17 Hats, important emails go out automatically. Quotes, contracts, and invoices, click, click, paid. So it's a small wonder that thousands of photographers swear by 17 Hats. You'll free up so much time from day stealing to do's. It's like you've cloned yourself. You'll be able to focus on what you do best, which is obviously photography. Meanwhile, 17 Hats does exactly what you need done to manage your business, just as if you were doing it. So why not clone yourself with 17 Hats? Visit 17hats.com to learn more with the discount code PHOTOBIZHELP. That's 17hats.com with the discount code PHOTOBIZHELP. Well, this is fun. This is phototherapy, which Audrey and I started doing like back in November. When was it? Back last fall? Last summer, maybe. I think it was summer, July. It's sort of like a segment of the Photo Business Help podcast that has become kind of the heart of it because we realized how much fun it was to do it. And I think when this podcast started four years ago, it was a lot of me formally talking about stuff or teaching stuff and then interviewing people. And then we always just, Audrey and I have met online for years now as sort of like a little mini mastermind type of thing. And we were like, this is so fun. We should just record this. We're funny. People need to hear us. (laughs) (laughs) And then we just started recording it and it's gone really well. So that's how this happened. And then when I met you, Anami, I was like, oh, it'd be so fun to maybe start experimenting with having guests in the phototherapy world. So that's how we got to here. I hit the record button, so I should probably explain that I have been getting over a cough, some kind of vicious cough, so I sound a bit like a frog. And 
we'll all remember this time when we listen back. But um, let's just start like just maybe each of you say something about your business. Obviously, I'm Natalie. I run Jennings Photo since 2010 and everybody knows that. So I'm going to move it along. How about how about you go on me and we'll go from there. Sure. My name's Anami Tonkin. I have been a photographer since 2010. I am based in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. I photograph families and I host the This Can't Be That Hard podcast, which where I talk about businessy stuff all the time. So we have similar, similar track records in that way. Oh, Audrey. And I'm Audrey of Audrey Nicole Photography based out of Minneapolis, Minnesota. I've been doing photography since high school, <laughs> the typical story. And I focus mostly on weddings, small weddings, intimate weddings, and families. Yeah. So we get a lot of family stuff going on here, which I think yep. for those listening that are you know, interested in growing their family photo business, this will be a good one because we, we were trying to figure out kind of which direction we wanted to go. And I think as mentors over the years, we've all gotten the question, a bajillion times, how do I get more clients? Which is a very big, big question and could go in a million directions. But I thought, you know, everyone really wants to know the answer to that. And if we can offer up any kind of advice at all in that area, it could be probably a good thing. So I thought we'd start there and we can just kind of chat about it and riff off each other and see what we come up with. And then maybe at the end, I don't know, share a tip or something. A tip. A little tidbit. Yeah, tidbit. I feel like that topic is one where we would be hard pressed not to weave a thousand tips into yeah, the whole thing. We'll probably be so. tipped out by the end. Is that a thing? Tipped <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah. Audrey, you you said you had thought of something that kind of Sure, I got this. Yes. So I've I've mentioned this before. And like how to get new clients is not do this and you'll get new clients. It's an ongoing thing forever that you just like weave into your business, like habits and stuff. But something that has worked super well for me over the last decade-ish is connecting with others in the industry and just being a nice person. <laughs> they call it networking, but networking sounds a little cold to me because I've genuinely just built a lot of friendships in the industry with other photographers and, you know, wedding vendors and whatnot. And this is still true today that I would say half of my income, if not more, comes from other photographers, whether it's hired work to do for them, for their business, or I'm doing their family photos, or they refer me to somebody. I just don't burn bridges, obviously, unless they absolutely need to be burned. But even, even then, it's more of a, we just don't have to talk again. <laughs> more of a, a, a kind path. A Minnesotan partner of ways. Yeah. We'll talk, we'll talk later, but never. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> yeah. I think that, that, you know, to me, it's like, yeah, absolutely with other photographers, but the same is true with being out in the world. I feel like mm -hmm. a lot of my work as a family photographer, especially in the beginning came from, so I used to be a nurse. And so back in 2010, when I was still working as a nurse and I was growing my photography business, the nurses I worked with, the doctors that I worked with, the residents, I'm at the hospital I was working at was UNC. And so of course we had a lot of people who were kind of coming through for training 
and they were in that stage of life where they were having babies and their budget wasn't huge because they were um, they were just in their training years, whatever. I have to this day, probably 50% of my clients are medical, like they work in the medical field. And it is at this point, it's some of the same people, but it's like generations of people from the hospital. And I stopped working at the hospital 10 plus years ago. But, you know, they'll say, oh, I heard about you from Dr. So-and-so who, you know, I worked sure. with because they were still there. So being a good person out in the world, mm -hmm. same thing with like my kids, you know, kids that they went to pre-K with. And now my kids are teenagers. Those families, it's like I got to know them when my business was new and they're still referring people to me. So, mm. you know, you put your camera down and you're like, I'm not working right now, but you're always networking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Mm -hmm. even when you're not using like capital N networking in that word. Yeah. And there's like, obviously the two sides of the, the network. And I love Audrey's brought that up before, but it's one of my favorite things. Like, just don't forget about the people that you work with because they can, they can shovel you a lot of cash, obviously. Like that's, that's huge. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, building your network in any, you know, if you're, especially if you're listening and you're like, I, I don't know where to start. Like if you're working a job, like start there, you know, start in that space. I wanted to add that I think one of the things that, and I've been guilty of this as well, is there's a, if I build it, they will come kind of mentality and major mistake. <laughs> major mistake. No, they won't. <laughs> no, you have to have something to show people. Obviously you can't just be like, I'm a photographer, but I don't have anything to show you. But putting effort into the ask, I think is really valuable. When I, when I was starting out, especially I was constantly offering like, oh, I do this. Oh, can I do this? Hey, would you mind if I took some photos of your XYZ like business or kid or, you know, and I, that was an awesome way to build client relationships, you know, maybe down the road and my portfolio. So, you know, don't forget that like, it's not about just, you know, magnetically attracting people because you're so amazing. You kind of have to remind people that you are there and put yourself out there and ask as well. Totally. Yeah. And I'm going to take that a step further and say, not just ask, like, can I make photos for you, but make an offer that I think we all get really hung up on. I need more clients. Therefore, I need to work on my marketing. But marketing and sales are like they have to attach to one another. You have to build that relationship and then make the offer. And if the answer is no, then you continue building and then you make another offer and then you make another offer. And that's the thing that I think, you know, it's hard. It's hard when you hear no's. It's hard when you're sitting there thinking, all I do is marketing all the time and your phone's not ringing or your email inbox is empty. But it really is, the world is a noisy place. People lead busy lives. And so it really is incumbent upon you to like check your ego at the door and just make the offer with a smile on your face. Like you don't have to be pushy or whatever, but but it, that you want people to know all the time, like that door is open. That's huge. And I think, well, so sort of, I feel like that was sort of like a step one, how to get more clients. Like here's the pool mm -hmm. that's out there. And this is like sort of reminding you of all the different ways you can access that pool. Do you guys have any thoughts on what someone should have in place? Or like when, you know, especially on me, you're like, make sure you have an offer. You want to talk a little bit about that? Whatever comes up. But I think that's kind of an important point to expand on. Yeah, totally. Definitely having a way for them to get a hold of you <laughs> and having it be easy. 
I've mentioned this before, but sometimes it's frustrating when I am looking at a business's, you know, website or profile and I have no idea where they're located. Like, are you near me? Are you in Texas? I don't know. So just having that like basic information somewhere very easy to see and easy to get a hold of you and then responsiveness to any inquiries, I think is huge. That's like your first opportunity of building trust is, you know, responding quickly and being like, here I am, I would love to help you or. So important. I mean, so I've said this so many times, we've talked about this a lot too, but like, if you are going to wait days to respond, then someone else is that's responding right away is already, you know, when we talked about like building your brand, you're building your brand from the minute you talk to someone at a party. It's not just that you have great photos and like Mm -hmm. this piece of like how you interact with them is often a really big decision maker for people. Like you might be thinking like photos, photos, I make great photos. Like I can't wait to take them to this like park and all these things. But, Mm -hmm. but they're like, Oh, they haven't gotten back to me yet. Mm -hmm. It's been four days. Okay. I guess is that what it's you know going to be like? And I think that can really turn a lot of folks off. Totally. It is hilarious that we're talking about this right now because this morning, today is like a big recording day for me. I'm doing a bunch of recording and I recorded a podcast episode on this exact topic. And I was talking about the friction that we create. And I think about the arc of our business as two slip and slides. You guys know what slip and slides are, right? Oh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. for sure. And so the first slip and slide is from like the time that somebody comes across you wherever they find you to the point that you've booked them. And the second slip and slide is from that point to when they have like photos hanging on the wall and they're writing a review on Google. And our job is to make that slip and slide perfectly like steep and no tears in it. Bump free. Cushioned. Great, comfy, old lady slip and slide. <laughs> On a nice lawn. Yeah. <laughs> no sticks, no rocks. No. Um, nope. And it's something that is just easy, 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 easy. Like from the time they find you from to the point that hopefully they hire you, you want to make it really easy. And then you want to make it as easy as possible from that point to the end. And then when you make it easy in that second part, you want to talk about how easy it is in the first part, because that's going to add to the slipperiness of that first part. Mm -hmm. But if you have a rough slip and slide in that first part, in your hiring part. I'm still just thinking about people spinning down the hill, like (laughs) grass stains. Visual is really helpful. No, that's, that's perfect. Am I making it hard? But If you do make that first part hard, I don't care how amazing the photos are at the end, they're going to be like, well, if this is what this feels like, I'm sure that's what the rest of it's going to feel like. Yeah. All people have to go on is what you show them. And so you're absolutely right. Like you have to make it the second somebody shows a little interest. It's like, how can I respond to them? How can I make myself appear, you know, build that trust as like someone who's going to take care of them? Because that's what people want. Absolutely. Do you guys find that it's tough to get people on the phone or is that a huge part of your must do workflow or where, where is everyone on phone stuff? I find for myself, it's like a a must do for my branding clients because there's so much to cover, but Mm -hmm. I think it's pretty 50 50 with my family clients. Sometimes they just seem busy and they don't feel like they need any more information, which means that I've done my job, but I'm just curious about that piece of it, piece of the slip and slide. 
uh, I mostly just connect with people on the phone for weddings and it's a requirement to even like book with me. Like we have to just connect that way to make sure we both fit for each other. Anami, you might have more to say on connecting with families on the phone. Is that part of your process? It is part of my process. Okay. And I feel like I've gotten a fair amount of pushback from photographers recently in particular about like, I don't want to get on the phone. My clients don't like to get on the phone. Mm-hmm. And I think that there are workarounds for it, but I think I'm still a big advocate of the phone for anyone who's even remotely willing to entertain that concept because yeah. I think that if you if you can get someone on the phone, your likelihood of booking with them goes way up because you're able to, I mean, there's like so many things that happen in such a short period of time, like a 15 minute phone call. They can feel like they know you, they can get all their questions answered. You can even put a date on the calendar. Whereas in order to do all of those things via email or, you know, back and forth in an Instagram DM, it takes just hundreds of back and forth hoping that they stay on the line for all that. is a tough thing. There's a little pushback section that you brought up that I wanted to bring up is the the DM thing versus email. Because I know some people will say, well, that's where everyone is and that's where you should just do the conversation. And I lose my mind if I don't bring people into my email box. And that in this, I'm going to use the slip and slide for the whole thing. (laughs) The rest of my life. But that (laughs) that is such a huge like hit a bump flying off the slip and slide thing for me if I have to start managing my my DMs to mm-hmm. that degree. So right. I'm just curious if you guys have that same feeling where it's like you want to bring people into some kind of funnel or space or yeah. like email thread. Yeah, if somebody reaches out via DM. I'm like, great, here's my email. <laughs> exact same. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, and that's, I bring that up because I think for, especially if you're newer to this, like I think staying organized when you're not that busy might not feel that urgent but when you hit a period of time where you might be really busy or where you have someone that's coming back to you a year later that is asking questions about maybe what they ordered last year or something I mean there's just there's I could think of a million reasons why having everything in one place is wildly useful but I would say for me personally, like if you can get people to an email thread that you can forever search, mm-hmm. you know, going back years and years, it, it's it's incredibly helpful because finding stuff in DMs or texts is is a nightmare if you're trying to go back and piece together a conversation you've had with somebody. Yeah. And even if you're not busy yet, you hopefully will be someday. And it's kind of good to just set that habit from the beginning of I just do it all on my email. Yeah. It is way easier to stay organized and also to turn business on and off easier. Very true. Mm -hmm. I always, when it comes to stuff like this, like phone calls and DMs and all that, I, I worry sometimes that I'm like the old man shaking my cane at the sky (laughs) and being like, "Ah, back in my day, this is how we do. But these are points that I, I'll stand by these because every time I check myself on these particular things, there's a really clear reason And one of the sort of secret reasons for something like holding the line and saying, okay, I need you to come over to my email from DMs. I think that let's say that you're a new photographer and you you barely get any inquiries as it is. And somebody inquires via DM and you say, great, here's my email address. Can you shoot me an email or send me your email address and I'll, I'll, you know, however you want to manage that. 
And then they, they don't write back. And you're like, oh, it's because I asked them to do this thing. And I just want to point out that when you start a relationship with a new potential client by not, this is not a hard ask, like open a different tab in your browser and send me a five second email. If they're not able and willing to clear that hurdle, they're not a very serious inquiry to begin with. So you probably didn't lose any money. Mm -hmm. It just snuffed out the hope sooner rather than later. And then, um, (laughs) which is painful, but still. And then also, if they do come over to your email, you have started the relationship by saying, I have a business that I run a certain way. And I'm here to serve you, but the best way that I can serve you is by doing it my way. Like you're, again, this is like subtext. You don't say that out loud, but you are essentially saying like, I'm a professional and that speaks volumes. I think so too. I think that's, I think that gets into a new topic, which we can jump into, but this idea of like, this is how I do it. And I don't make a million exceptions for a million different people is really important because again it's really tough when you're really busy if you're doing a bunch of different things but it also yeah you know like you're in charge you're the professional and setting that bar I think is I think right away is super important and it doesn't mean that you have to be like a jerk about it like Mm -hmm. in the dm you could have a couple back and forth like yeah I do that kind of thing like it usually takes this long like if you want to talk more about it you know you can like you don't just have to be like thanks, send me an email. Like it doesn't have to be this cold exchange. I mean, but for me personally, I like to keep the juicy sort of important detailed stuff in my emails. So like if if I've quoted them something or said something about, I, I just want to be able to look back on what I've said and not, mm-hmm. and not have to go on like an egg hunt for it. But you don't have to be like cold about it. Right. You're a person. You're not a robot. Yeah. It's setting boundaries in your business, which ultimately keeps you healthy and able to provide a better service. When I have DMs and texts that I'm trying to keep track of, somebody's going to get forgotten. <laughs> and then I'm not doing my job well. So I always, you know, start off. Or you can even ask them for their email so then it's not up to them to email you. You could like be the one reaching out. That might be a little safer. But yeah, you made a good point on me about if they don't decide to follow up through email, then they're probably not that serious anyways. Yeah. Yeah. So on the note of when you budge for people, and Audrey and I have talked about this, like I certainly have my very oldest first clients in kind of this like special bucket of like, Mm -hmm. we're going to do the thing we've always done. This is what it costs. You know, like I've raised the prices on them a, a, a bit over the years, but not, they're just not getting funneled into all my new stuff unless they're interested in it. You know, sometimes I'll say like, hey, I'm doing it this way now do you want to check it out but sometimes they just they it's been 12 years you know and they're the ones that started my business so to make an exception for them is like a no-brainer for me and it feels right but I recently had a brand new client inquire about a family photo session she seemed really 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 excited about it I gave her my pricing and she said she'd come back to me after she chatted with the family and she wanted to bargain she said well what about instead of 90 minutes and 30 images or whatever was included. We do it for $200 less, but two hours. And, you know, it was just a, it was a strange kind of ask. It seemed valuable to her. Wait, you wanted more time and wanted to pay less? That was her bargain? 
<laughs> she wanted more time and wanted to pay less. <laughs> so yeah, I like if I wish everyone could see Anami's face. <laughs> I know. I'm like processing. I'm like starting to rock a little bit. Feeling in my chest. Well, and what's tough, this is, you know, we're getting close to 2K here for this like family session, yeah. you know, before products and stuff like this is a good two hours of my time or whatever it would, you know, it's not, but like, I felt so annoyed by that. I felt very, yeah. you know, again, this, I, I, I thought of this because of the whole DM thing, like if they're not willing to whatever, but the, you know, sometimes it's a struggle to know when to like bend and compromise. And I, you know, I, I said, you know, I'd be happy to offer you more photos instead of the album that's included, if that's not what's interesting to you. But mm -hmm. I'm really, you know, I've worked this out over a long time and this is what I need to charge. I can't budge on the price. And I haven't heard back from her, even though we went back and forth for quite a while and she was very excited. So I'm curious what your, just your thoughts are in general, besides the rocking and the skeptical faces. Like, let's... <laughs> It's funny that you brought this up because I was kind of thinking about this this morning too, of like the phases of photography. Like when you first start out, you will say yes to anything and everything. And then I think you kind of hit this phase of burnout and a little bit of resentment because you failed to set boundaries and you said yes too much. And then I think the pendulum swings a little bit to where people are like really uptight about the rules and not being flexible at all and almost a little in like not a nice way. And then now I feel like I'm back to where I'm just okay making some exceptions here and there. But it really has to come down to like it feels aligned with you. You're still giving them a good service and what you can give them. Um, you're not setting a precedent that can bite you in the butt later on. And the value I think has to be kind of a partnership. Like you're not just giving them value. You're also getting value from it somehow. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I totally hear you on the pendulum swing thing. And I, I see that as well. I have experienced that full range in my own business. I got super rigid about things when several years ago I got divorced and was like, everything has to be like exactly this or it's going to, everything's going to fail. Mm -hmm. Since then, the happy medium place that I have found is that I started a membership model in my portrait business where once I've worked with someone, if I like working with them and they seem like a good family client, I invite them into this membership. There are a bunch of perks to the membership. They pay like they basically their credit card gets charged every month and then they just have a session with me every year. And I spoil my members to death. I take all of my like big hearted artist creative energy and I like make them Christmas presents. And I do, you know, it's like I get to do all of those kinds of little things because those clients are gold for me, right? They're, first of all, I love them because I know that before I invite them. So it's all people I love working with. I get to know them over time, which as a family photographer is really one of the most gratifying parts of my job is like watching a kid go from a newborn to a like kindergartner and, and beyond. 
And then I also, it's money that comes in month after month and I know that it's there. So all of those, for all of those reasons, those are like, I'm going to do whatever. If that person needs to reschedule four times, no problem, because I already know that they're not there to take advantage of me, which makes it so much easier when I do have like a new inquiry who's like, well, I'd like that, but for half the price. And I'm like, okay, great. Good luck finding it. I'll talk to you later. But I remember that sense of like, but if I don't book this client, then I don't have anything going on. And it's hard. You, that is like, that's the piece of it that's mindset work on your side. It is one of those things that I feel like you can teach somebody as much as you want, but they kind of have to make that leap for themselves. You're right. It does kind of come down to this. Um, it is more of an in- intuitive call, like a gut feeling in a way, because for example, in the what I brought up, it was a... I think like 45 minutes of extra time, but they wanted 200 less. Like it, it felt really icky because it was like, you just lowered the price only 200. Like you're willing to pay, let's just call it $1,500, but you don't want to pay $1,700. And it just felt like Mm -hmm. me 10 years ago would have been like, sure, whatever. But I just felt instantly like the hit that I got when I read the email was like kind of insulted and that's yeah. not where I want to start off so that was kind of where I made that call from I think and I I guess that's yeah I just wanted to bring that up because it is a really tricky space to be in I mean there is part of why I like bringing people into my email is because I'm always negotiating with people and giving them some kind of idea of what we could do or you know I mean and I can't remember all those conversations so I mean I think that there's always room to Mm -hmm. to move around and like you said like if people need to reschedule a bunch like there are people in my little like on my heart list that I'm like you can do whatever you want because I know that you're not here to take advantage of me but when someone's like haggling $200 in an already like high ticket Mm -hmm. offer for what it is it felt kind of poopy I don't know does that would that feel poopy to you like just that or would you just be like okay whatever I guess 200 it's such a tricky one oh no if she had come to you and said we our max budget is you know 1500 is there any way we could do half the time there you go that's a whole different conversation absolutely (laughs) yeah yes then it's respecting that you also have a budget and a limit and kind of like what can you give me for this rather than I want you to give me for this like it's just such different wording, but it makes, yeah, such a huge difference. And it changes the nature again. It's kind of going back to that, like, hey, I need you to come from DMs into email. It sets the tone for who you are in the relationship. Are you the guide who's like guiding someone through your process, or are you like their monkey? Like, hey, <laughs> dance, mm-hmm. dance. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm glad we talked about that because just that simple shift, like had that person come to me and said, you know what, our budget is really tight. We really would love this package, but is there any way we could just do a half an hour instead of an hour and, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. You know, that feels so much better than big time. this weird couple hundred dollar haggly. I don't know. So I'm bringing that up because it's, I think it's tricky to, to discern. Even for me, I'm like, what, what would you have done? I had a similar thing this last summer. It was a past client. I'd done a wedding for, and they wanted they wanted a mini session at their home, which is not something I would like a one-off mini session at their home. And, and I, I just said, that's what I can do is this. And the response was, well, we have another photographer who would be willing to do it. Let me know what you think. And I was like, I hope 
you have a great experience with them. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I felt like disrespected kind of and like kind of like bullied. Yeah. And yeah, a little manipulative. And and I think she would have just haggled anybody. I mean, I think that was just part of her process was to try and get the best value. And and that's fine. I don't have to play that game either. And I don't think that there's anything I try really hard not to assign motive to people. I mean, yeah. for instance, there are cultures that are very haggle driven, right? And so mm-hmm. uh, it's way outside my comfort zone if I show up into like the souks of Morocco and everybody there is like, here's the price. And then you're like, well, no, I'm going to do this. And they expect that. That's like part of the back forth. Mm-hmm. So I try not to assume that it's like somebody devaluing my work or whatever. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like I'm the boss of what I do in response to that. That's the only part of that that I can control. And I do think that if you set the tone at the beginning with, sure, my prices are negotiable. Sure, my time is negotiable without making sure that it's a balanced affair, then you're setting yourself up for just a really big pain in a you know painful client experience. I wanted to go back and say, you know, Natalie, you were saying like, you know, if somebody had come to you and said, our maximum budget is 1500, but we just love your work so much. And so would we be able to like figure out something for that? You could have either said yes, you could have said yes, but I can't do it on a Saturday. You know, it has to be a Thursday or whatever Mm -hmm. and made it shorter. And that what's funny about that is like, that's the opposite problem, right? Or not, it's not a problem. It's the opposite. Instead of somebody who is kind of trying to railroad you, that's somebody who values you. And even though it's a stretch for them or whatever. So I have had some of my very best clients end up being those for anybody listening who finds themselves in these situations and have, has a hard time dealing with it. Just look at, you know, there, there's more than just money in the grand scheme of an offer. So the amount of time, the location, the duration, like all of that stuff can be part of that negotiation process if it's someone that you want to work with. Yep. Yeah, that's I think that's a really important thing to consider and and it can be just such a subtle shift, but like it it really also rem- remembering that a lot of times people aren't trying to be like malicious or right. You know, I always try to like I really liked this person. We were she seemed really excited and and then it got kind of weird and I was like, okay, you know, but I mean, that's only you you get like a feeling from people. And then for me, it was a feeling, I think, first and foremost, of a little disappointment. Like, oh, I thought we were I thought it was clear that I sent you all the stuff and you had looked at the packages and, you know, to have someone I haven't had someone in a long time, like try to like shave money off of those packages because they're already people that are into it are just like, yep. okay, Mm -hmm. you know, so so that was an interesting place to be in. But this is going really quickly and we're already like half an hour in, but I thought, I don't know, we can, we can jump into any sort of random thing that we want to offer people. Or I was thinking back, circling back to like how to get more clients. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that is top of mind, like combining all of our experience that you would tell someone not to do? We've kind of covered a few things, but if you're just like, other than like build it and think that they're going to come, is there, is there anything that you've seen with students or experienced yourself or whatever that just comes to mind that might be a good place to wrap up this topic for me I think not being too rigid like it's kind of going back to the pendulum swinging there's like this 
you know, when you first start out, you want to say yes to everything to kind of figure out what you'd even like to do and what you're, what you're good at. And, but also not being too rigid, not getting too stuck on the rules, trying some different things, but finding a way to make it work for you too. Like you can have boundaries and be flexible. Yeah. I think, I think in some newer, newer photographers that I've mentored in the past, I've seen people getting stuck on, well, I don't want to do that because of this. And I don't want to say yes to them because of this. And I think figuring out a way to work with someone that also sticks to your boundaries is, you know, don't just keep the door closed, figure out if there's a way to make it work. Yeah. Metaphors are like my one and only way to think about things. Ooh. So I feel like I sound <laughs> back to the slip and yeah. slide. <laughs> now I'm going to bring up a bicycle. I do feel like <laughs> learning how to run a business is like riding a bike. When you watch somebody who's new to bicycles try and ride a bike, they're just overcompensating everywhere, right? It's like, oh, I have to be really boundaried and have, you know, these really strict things and they fall over this way. And then like, then they get all, I did that in reverse order, but like super loosey goosey and like anybody can Mm -hmm. anything of me and they fall over the other way. Once you learn how to ride the bike, it really is all about like the road is uneven and you're having to react. It's not, there's not just one set of rules. It is like, here's the basic thing. And then you have to find your balance. So I, you know, I think that that what you were saying, Andre, is just absolutely dead on. The thing I was going to say about my experience with marketing is when I see photographers really flailing with marketing, it typically has to do with hopping from like one strategy to another strategy to another strategy. It's, um, I always say, I would rather see you take 10 steps in one direction than one step in 10 directions. Because even though there is a certain amount of like, you have to see what works, you also have to give those efforts time because they don't, marketing is not, especially with something where you're charging several hundred or even, you know, four plus figures, it doesn't take root instantly. Like you have to like give it a chance to work and build those relationships. So, you know, if you're all in on email marketing or if you're all in on uh, SEO or whatever the case may be, give that time to work before you declare it a failed effort and then move on to the next thing. I really like that. The bicycle analogy is awesome. I'm just slipping slides and people <laughs> learning how to ride bikes. Apparently, I'm real ready for summertime. Yeah. <laughs> but they're both like very hilarious and yet effective metaphors. I always tell people too, you know, don't try and decorate your house before like you've put up the sheetrock, you know, like people are like, I'm going to get the best fonts and logos and everything's going to be so beautiful. And then I'm going to do. And it's exciting as creative people to want to make everything beautiful and branded and pretty. And, and that is important. There's a consistency there. Like if you walk into a restaurant and it's like all a mess, you know, and like, there's no, like who bought that lamp and like you just have there's no consistency like you're not as drawn in as like if it's like a beautifully styled kind of space and there's like vines and plants and you can see where my sensibilities go but (laughs) lots of plants new trend that I yeah that I won't complain about but that house doesn't get built in a day and that is frustrating like we all want it like we can the vision is there but it takes time yeah yeah, the other favorite I have, and then we'll, we'll just, we can cut the metaphors, but it's like, it's like planting a tree, you know? I mean, it really, like, you need it to, like, take root and grow a little, and then as it branches out, 
you get cool stuff like fruit or flowers or leaves or whatever, but it takes like a minute to get there. And you really do have to be, I think going back to what you said on me about like marketing and, and taking rather than taking one step in 10 directions, like taking 10 and one, like I, I used to say it at the end of every episode of the show is consistency is key, you know? So if, mm -hmm. if it's SEO or if it's email, whatever it is, like I find that it's super helpful to just hold yourself accountable to a schedule and, and, and stick to that and start with like, okay, I'm going to do this every Monday and Friday for a month. See how that feels. Okay. I'm going to do it for the rest of the quarter. Okay. I'm going to do it for the rest of the year or whatever. I mean, with this podcast, I started out doing that. I was like, I'm going to do it for a year. I'm going to do it on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And that was because I also having a feel for like what amount of space you can see progress in because this is a slow burn so like saying like, okay, I'm going to do it for two weeks. Well, like you might not see anything happen in two weeks. So keeping in mind whatever goal you have, like that it needs a little room to establish itself. So giving yourself maybe like six months might be more effective, I guess. Or you might see more happen in that time with consistency than you would in like a really tiny window. But I think, I think the consistency is important. And the other nice piece to consistency is that it doesn't just have time to take root. It also has time to get easier because, for instance, with a podcast, mm. in the beginning, that feels like you are basically building a skyscraper every single episode that you're trying to put out. It's so much work. <laughs> and then, you know, after six months or a year, you're into much a much better rhythm of like, this is how the process works and it's faster, it's easier. So you know, th marketing is the same. Um, it does feel like this like Herculean task when you're starting out with a new marketing technique and or tactic or whatever. So yeah, it gets easier. Yeah, it does. That's great. That's a great point. Well, anything else anyone wants to add? I know we've all got busy schedules and I mean, this, I feel like we could talk about stuff forever, but um, seriously, yeah, I yeah, feel like I had a therapy session. I love it. I love it. Good. <laughs> Welcome to therapy. <laughs> Welcome to phototherapy. <laughs> I sound so funny to myself. That's funny. You sound wonderful. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Well, one thing I generally ask guests to do, but maybe we can all play, is what is like one piece of advice, one quote, one thing you do, one, one sort of motivating little nugget that you could offer folks before we sign off. I can go first. And now I'm like, huh. There's a quote from that book by Mark Manson, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. And it's, uh, Audrey, we've talked about this so many times, and now I'm going to mess it up because it's a confusing quote to say, mm. action isn't just the effect of motivation, but it is also the cause of it. So I used to have it as a post-it and it fell or something. So it's not there anymore. I have to think of it myself. But this idea that we have to be like creatively inspired in everything we do in order, you know, like if you're feeling a little low and you're feeling a little overwhelmed, which most people have to be, you know, we all feel that, but especially if you're trying to build a business, sometimes just putting on the running shoes and going out for a walk around the block will get you more excited to go for a walk tomorrow and the next day than like waiting for some kind of arrow to hit you like oh running sounds wonderful today you know like mm -hmm. same with work you know it's sometimes I have a lot of different projects I do and often I have to like sit down and start just say okay I'm going to do 10 minutes of this 
new blogging technique or something that I've just been putting off, putting off. But it's once I sit down and I start doing it, I like remember why I wanted to do it. I'm like, oh, this is kind of interesting. Oh, yeah. OK, this is fun. But the, the motivation comes from the action sometimes rather than just like sitting around waiting, waiting for the motivation to cause you to act. That one's brilliant. That's kind of changed my life. So that's absolutely true. I like yeah. Using that one. Um, I'll go. Okay. <laughs> I'm just thinking about what you just said before that, about the consistency is key. And I've said this before that, like the only, not the only reason, but like the reason I am where I am today in my photo career is because I just didn't stop. And I just kept going. Even when things are hard, there's been seasons where I've been not as pushing as hard seasons where I've pushed really hard, but overall as I just keep going and the consistency is what has gotten me to where I am just putting one step in front of the other and sometimes you don't know what the step is so (laughs) just just keep trying and then the path sometimes just clears as you're going along which probably is similar to the motivation comes from action piece it totally it's related because like sometimes you're going to not feel like doing it And if you wait until you feel like doing it, you're going to wait probably, I don't know, for me, it's usually like a cycle of like a a season or so, you know, a few months. And then I'm like, okay, I'm ready again. But that, that really throws you off track if you're trying to, to build on something, you know. That, and then also like, don't underestimate the value of taking care of your human body and how it like really helps (laughs) your business. Like, I think we get super caught up in wanting to have a good business and be successful and forget that we're animals and not machines and like getting good sleep and drinking water and just taking care of yourself, eating snacks throughout the day. Amen for snacks. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yeah. It's funny. I was listening to your, the, those two. And I was like, this is what I think people, anyone who knows me <laughs> would expect me to be like, motivation comes from action and like consistency one foot in front of the other systems automation like (laughs) I think people have this very wrong expectation of me that I like don't sleep or something (laughs) and what I was going to say as kind of a foil to those two things but also this these are not mutually exclusive is that I think it's an Anne Lamott quote about everything will work most everything will work if you unplug it for a couple of minutes, even you or something like that. And I think that, and I say this as I am on the brink of going on vacation, but um, (laughs) I do think that when you are really feeling stuck and stymied, and maybe I could tie this into your recommendation for taking care of your physical body. I think that one of the best things that you can do for yourself is like stand up, walk away from your desk, Maybe do something like go for a walk without your headphones or anything or your phone and just let your mind wander. Let your try not to like overthink because there is value to like keeping at it, keeping at it, keeping at it. But it's also important to listen to when your body is like, nope, you need to step away from this for for a minute. Yeah, huge. I just had a moment like that last week. I was staring at my computer for like three days, just like not able to make progress on what I was working on. And I just, I phoned in a friend. I'm like, can we talk? I'm like, I need to get out of my head. I need to just like say things out loud. And I felt so much better after that. Just like getting away from my computer and 
yeah yeah we all have those places and spaces too where at least like most of us I think where we let down some kind of barrier and the ideas come like in the shower right before you fall asleep like walking without a podcast in your ear so whatever that is for you I think that's huge I get yeah I get through a lot of stuck periods when I Sometimes you have to do it for like a few days. Like, remember, this isn't just like a magic, like I'm going for a walk. But like sometimes it's, yeah, sometimes it's a process of like, okay, it's still not coming. It's still not ready, you know. But um, okay, we've gone a little over then, but it's been great. And we are all still alive. And <laughs> I, like if you have an offer or anything that you want to direct people to, please say it now. I'll start with Audrey and then we'll put it in the show notes as well. Yeah. Uh, Audrey Nicole Photography on all the platforms, Instagram, email or website, Facebook. I am getting my uh, calendar filled with family sessions for the rest of the year. And that's where you can find me. Yeah, sure. I have a new thing over at This Can't Be That Hard that I'm excited to share about, which is called This Can't Be That Hard University, which is my free hub with all of my content that I've built over the past few years. And you sign up by filling out this little admissions assessment, which gives you a custom syllabus for like whatever your particular issues are and the lessons are in there. So you can go to this can't be that hard.com slash free to sign up. Sounds amazing. Yeah. It was a fun project to put together. We, I was like, I don't know. You probably know this. Like over years of a podcast, there's so much you create a lot of resources. But then after a while, you know, unless somebody's going back and listening 100 episodes ago, that whole thing is just kind of dead. So I was like, nope, I'm gonna revive it all. So it's fun. Nice. Awesome. Cool. Well, and you can find everything photo business help at photobusinesshelp.com. No one can see me do that. I realize. <laughs> making it very cute we can do it <laughs> shucks thank you both for doing this this was a lot of fun i hope we can do it again thank you was- yeah thanks natalie and congratulations on the upcoming vacation festivities thank you okay bye bye, bye. <laughs> thanks for listening i hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as i enjoyed having it and all of the links are in the show notes but One more reminder, head to thiscan'tbethathard.com forward slash free to check out the university that Anami mentioned. Definitely something you want to check out because she has so many amazing things to to look at and dig into if you're building a photo business. So thiscan'tbethathard.com forward slash free for that. Everything else is in the show notes. Audrey and I are always here doing photo therapy episodes and we would love to hear from you. We're offering something new. It's a live workshop, so keep your questions coming, those of you that submit questions to us, but if you'd like to jump on the show and have us workshop something with you, get both of our mentor brains on your problem in your business at the same time, please send us a note. We would love to have you on the show. Title your email, podcast guest, and send it to helpdesk at photobizhelp.com and let us know what what you're thinking. You can also go to photobizhelp.com and scroll down and hit submit a question when you see me and Audrey posing there in a photo next to the phototherapy thing. So there's a couple different ways that you can reach us, but um, we would love to hear from you and we would love to test out this new live workshop as well. So helpdesk at photobizhelp.com and we hope to hear from you soon. 
You've heard me talk about pick time before, but don't skip past this. This is big news from pick time. It's a game changer. I am so excited about this. This is going to change my business for sure. Pick time is now offering blogs. Yeah, blogs. What does that mean? You can go directly to your gallery. So let's say you have a beautiful mini session gallery that you've already shared with your clients that's already connected to your awesome store where they can buy stuff. And you can just, with like the click of two buttons, make all of those photos in that gallery into a beautiful blog post. Not only that, you can get a link to that blog post, which takes people to pick time, or this is my favorite part, you can get an embed code. You can literally create this in seconds and embed it on your own website so that you can get the SEO traffic if you want to. But if you wanted to just make a quick blog post for say a wedding client to look through or a really easy way to tell a story, there's so many cool features with this. It is the newest product from PickTime and it is going to change the game. You don't need to upload images twice. This is optimized for SEO. There's tons of customizable color palettes, font collections, photo grids and multiple layouts. So if you want your blog to look a certain way, you can do that. There's slideshows. You can allow videos or GIFs, all that stuff. You can embed directly into the blog post. It's amazing. This feature is coming soon in February. As of this recording, which is February 2nd, it should be well on its way. If you are not a paid member of PickTime and you would like to take part in this when all of this launches in the next few days, Go to PickTime, and when you upgrade to a paid plan, use the code PHOTOBIZHELP, that's PHOTOBIZHELP, to get one month free. So this is like the best thing ever. You can try it for a month, keep paying if you want to, and that's it. It's a great deal. I swear this is going to change everything, and it's going to save people so much time. So head over to PickTime, and when you upgrade to a paid plan, use the code PHOTOBIZHELP for one month free free and enjoy this new blog feature. One more quick reminder, if you're feeling overwhelmed right now, disorganized, check out 17 Hats. You'll be able to focus on what you do best, photography. Meanwhile, 17 Hats does exactly what you need done to manage your business, just as if you were doing it yourself. Go to photobizhelp.com forward slash 17 hats to get 50% off your first year.